Sit back, turn the ship over to your covas and relax. We're turning on Flight Assist. Hello, seven commanders and welcome in. My name is Commander Psychit and with me as always is Commander Mal for the win. Hello, seven commanders. If it's your first time listening, we're glad you found us. Every week on the Flight Assist podcast, we talk to a different commander or organization. We find out a little about them, what they're up to in game, and we talk about the things we love about Elite Dangerous and its amazing community. Before things get started, we just want to say thanks for being here because this podcast would not be possible without the support of listeners like you. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> I, I feel like this may be much more high energy than our normal show. You would say that, but yeah. I have it on good authority that he doesn't normally talk to people at this time of day. Um, oh, do- <laughs> it's a little early. That's true. Is, That's true. We're recording a little bit early. This is our early time slot for um, the um, American side. So um, today we are talking to Enterprise. Um, who you may very well know from um, Space and Drums and his um, rather excellent Twitch stream. Yeah, Um, I know. He's got a ridiculous, ridiculous level of production going on. And I don't mean ridiculous in a bad way. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's absolutely mad. Just just mad and uh, unique. Unique is a yeah. really good word. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, there's there's definitely nobody else, especially in the elite space. Mm. There's nobody else who does it because I feel like there's there's probably variety streamers or musicians out there who who have that combination of their musical talent in some sort of video game. Yeah. But I feel like he's he's kind of the only one in the space sim realm. Definitely. Cor- he's cornered this part of the market. Well, for he's, sure. the, he's the, certainly the only one that I'm aware of. We may, we may get corrected at some point, but um, yeah, he, um, but he, he has advice that this is an early time for him. So <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to maybe we'll have to make sure we have plenty of coffee, plenty of virtual for coffee sure. available. Plenty of virtual coffee available. Definitely. Well, welcome on in, Enterprise. It's very, very good to talk to you. I know, right? I'm here. Look at this. You're Ooh. here. Finally. You're here. Way <laughs> earlier than I ever speak with anybody in my time. <laughs> we appreciate uh, that. <laughs> good old time zone scheduling is always is always exactly. the crux of the matter. Exactly. For anybody out there who might not know who you are, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, so basics like your commander name, if you're an elite dangerous content creator, and how long you've been playing. Oh uh, yeah, sure. So uh my name's Enterprise. I've been playing Elite Dangerous since the end of 2015. Um, it's kind of a, a game that quickly became really important and like really special to me. It definitely hit a certain angle in my brain mm-hmm. that made me go, oh, wow, I yeah. really like this. And then yeah. as time went on, it was like, oh, wow, like I... I really like this game, don't I? <laughs> what is this about me as a human that is so attracted to this title? And um, yeah. without getting too ahead of myself, I ended up just like sharing details of this game with all kinds of other people in my life, primarily like my bandmates, who because I'm right. a I'm a musician first and foremost before anything else, and mm-hmm. it was my love of this game that got me talking about it 
with my bandmates. And some of my bandmates were like, well, I, w- I don't care about this. But, <laughs> uh, but other ones were like, no, this is interesting. Can you tell us more about this? Yeah. Right. Because right. like when you, well, when you mm-hmm. like dedicate yourself to being a full-time musician, like touring and playing and everything, everything else starts to kind of wash away in your life. Right. And that happened to right. me as well. Like for a good chunk of my life, like it was nothing but drums and touring. Right. And I'm talking to yeah. bandmates who haven't played video games since like Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, and, <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute, other people, how many thousands of places, wait, millions of places, you know, like, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I got ahead of myself there, but yeah. No, 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 no it's all good. What, what, what was it that first drew you to Elite then? What was, uh, what was the thing that piqued your interest? Uh, I think it was the ability to control your spaceship in a full six degrees of motion with a lot of buttons and key commands. Because yeah. I was playing some other games that were more limiting, and mm-hmm. I was really excited about this one. It had so many controls, I had to research and study to <laughs> build my own map. Because I'm one of those maniacs right. who, from day one, played with a, a flight stick and a throttle. I right, never right. played keyboard and mouse. I actually did all the research ahead of time. So on day one, I had the Thrustmaster T1600 set up and someone else's binding set up with a map that they use. And I was like, all right, well, this dude's map is probably not very good. So I, I got to make it better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of those games that like, it, it, it's not an up, down, left, right, you know, and a fire button kind of space experience. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. it's, it's much more in depth than that. Um, so tell, tell me about the, the first time that you logged into the game and, and what that experience was like. Cause you said you did some research first, so you, you probably had a little bit of an idea, but what was it like when you actually got to like be in the environment for the first time? Explosion. <laughs> I just crashed into the side of the station and blew up. The very first thing I did. That's Uh, a good start. Yeah, it was great. And then I was like, okay, so you can explode right away and get a fine? What? Okay, yeah. So (laughs) that was that was my first experience. And I was like, I guess I should do these like training training things. (laughs) And there wasn't that many training things back then. Right. There was there was like that voiceover like of that like lady in the ship telling you to like point your ship at some asteroids and like oh yeah so I, the I, old school ones yeah i went through those and then the rest of them were just youtube videos like you did a couple training math uh training missions and then it just pointed you to a series of youtube videos to watch <laughs> so i was like all right i guess i better i guess i better do these so like i did that and i watched the videos and then i was like all right now i'm feeling good i think i can actually take off and get out of the station and um start learning how to you know do delivery missions and that was kind of that was it yeah because wow. back in you you said you started in 2015 yeah, like was the it, end of 2015 i want to say was wow. that that would have been before oh, my my memory of like releases is totally skewed is that before or after horizons came I, I out i don't think horizons was out yet it came out pretty shortly after though uh I'd have, we'd have to look it up. I don't believe I had it at first. 
Yeah. Yeah. I so think- then you, after yeah. learning like your initial space flight, the next thing was like learning how to drive an SUV. Yeah. And stuff yeah. like- <laughs> it was like, it was pretty close. Because when I think about early memories of the game, it's not like SRVs didn't seem like a new thing to me. They seemed like, oh, right. that's just a thing I haven't done yet. So by the time that was a thing for me to try, I think uh, I was already playing in that mode. Gotcha. That makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes sense. I'm not like an early backer. I didn't play like before that. No. You know, I didn't pledge. No, but- I don't have that. I don't have that cool <laughs> exclusive ship. The no, num- same. The, num- the number four. Same here. Same, same here. absolutely the same. It wasn't even aware that this game existed at that yeah. point. Yep. So um, yeah. very, very late to the party over here for sure. Um, what What's the story behind your commander name? Oh, all right. Well, this is going to make me happy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> my, um, my commander name is amalgamation of my two favorite science fiction loves uh, being that of Star Trek because uh, you know I'm a mm-hmm. huge Trekkie. I I have been since I was a kid, and the Ender's Game series of novels, which are my my favorite sci-fi novel series. Yeah, yep. And yep. I was yep. you know trying to come up with something that could combine these two worlds, and this was what came out of that. I had a whole list in my phone of like commander name brainstorm because when i started playing the game i did not have a cool (laughs) commander name like i did not understand enough about what i was doing when i signed up for the game so my Mm -hmm. my commander name was just like my actual name (laughs) okay and then all of a sudden i was like oh all right well that's not what i thought i was signing up for but i guess that's what i am now (laughs) And, and i was like i better figure out a better name so i had this huge list of all these different ideas that were combining things and of course the the idea of Ender as a first name and Prize as a last name with the Z, of course, being like the uh, USS Enterprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This name of a first name, last name thing came up like, oh, like Commander Ender Prize with the Z. And I thought maybe you could put them together. But originally when I emailed Frontier, because I don't know how it works now, but if you wanted to get your name changed years ago, you had to just go on the like into the help area and send yeah. a ticket. Yeah, I think you still have still to do that. Okay. Yeah. It was just like a random ticket and you're like, hey, can you I don't like my name. I didn't realize that was the name <laughs> I was signing up for. Can I have this name? Yeah. <laughs> and they were just like, yeah, sure, no problem. There you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing. It's yeah. like everybody gets one. Everybody yeah. gets Every, one. Yeah, exactly. Everybody gets one. <laughs> it's like I've been considering doing it again because there's a space between Ender and Prize, and everything else in my world is all one word. Yeah. Right, so when people right. are looking for me, I have to always say like Ender Space Prize, and they're like, "Wait, like space? Like go into space?" I'm like, "No, like Ender, <laughs> click the space bar, Prize." And that's the that's the thing as well is because um the search functions within Elite when you're looking for anything I know just from experience when um trying to invite people into the Privateers Alliance private group and it's yeah. just like you absolutely have to make sure that you include the apostrophe otherwise it will not find it Everything. you yep. will not find it at all. <laughs> you need like very true, very accuracy true. yeah accuracy yeah there, in that there's search. no there, there's no um. 
uh, rough areas. You can't put uh, yeah, um, no can't, wild yeah, cards. No, you, none wild of that cards. Stuff, yeah. That was the word I was looking for. There's no wild cards yep. there at all. It's it's very 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 annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so, uh, I know that, uh, from being in your stream and, and hanging out with you, I know that community is like a serious, serious focus for you. Um, and, and, uh, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, doing things as a group, being able to instance as many players as possible. So do you have a squadron and, or a minor faction in game? Um, we do have a squadron, uh, it's called the enterprise elite. Uh, I'm nice. be, we're we're also trying to get a minor faction. I've got the stuff filed out, just waiting to hear back because that nice. is, there is a system in game called the Ender System. What I know, it's like it's meant to be. So yep. <laughs> we will be taking over the Ender System. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a wonderful system, best system in the galaxy, hands down. Um, it has <laughs> not one, biased at all. <laughs> it has one little outpost, and it takes like seven minutes to fly there from the start. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so yeah, the, the, we'll just don't worry about that. Well, well, you know, it's not a big deal. But uh, yeah, we do have that faction. But uh, I want to. It's like trying to build that stuff up is is challenging. I yeah, feel like yep. of all the the things that I've been doing in the game, if you like look at all of them on a chart of how many people are involved in them, from like Discord to private group to squadron faction, it's like a, a tier down system. You're like, oh, everyone's mm-hmm. in that one, and like half is in that one. Oh, and like half is in that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. There's like a trickle off effect. The more the more specialized or the more focused you get, yeah. it's like it seems like the community as a whole is big. Then you have Discord. Yep. And then you have like the private group, and then you have the squadron, and then you have the people who are the backbone of the squadron. Yeah. Like it, it, you're right. You're exactly right. It's like a tiered system. Can you imagine though how small squadrons would be um, if they still, if um, Frontier had kept on with their idea of of limiting fleet carriers to a single squadron? Oh wow! Yeah. Can you imagine how you wouldn't yeah. you, you you wouldn't get anyone in a squadron? There'd be all of these single man squadrons sat around, yeah. or <laughs> however many there were. If they were like, yeah. oh, you've got to have ten people, yep. and then you get a fleet carrier or something like that, there would yeah. be all these ten man squadrons around. You wouldn't get any more. <laughs> that i just it, it yeah. always makes me giggle when i think about i think the only way that couldn't you're right that's definitely what would have happened mm-hmm. unless the commodities and support stuff needed for the fleet carrier was so drastically high that you yeah. needed a ton yeah. of people but that would also be difficult to manage as well yep. so, yeah definitely definitely it's uh, um it's a balance which i personally feel like they've they've gotten right now um i love having my own fleet carrier and flying flying around with it it's, oh, dude, um, it's changed everything you, for me. you feel like mm. such a boss don't you with your fleet carrier mm. <laughs> i do anyway i feel yeah, like yeah I feel yeah, like I'm yeah i hear you yep. <laughs> you've got one you've got I've, one i don't know what you're I've, talking I about i sort of have one i have well the dogs <laughs> of lore have one but it's way out at the edge of yeah. space so i don't get to actually fly around in it but Maybe I should work on that. Maybe I should yeah, work on that. Yeah, Operation Get Malafleet Carrier because it's... There you go. <laughs> like me and Enterprise can both attest, attest to it. It is, it is a lot of fun to have one. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, just, and it's it's another good thing for those community events. It's like, hey, I'm going to bring say. the fleet carrier here and boom. Because I, I know I've seen you do that on uh, on um, midweek, oh, yeah, uh, the midweek grind. Wednesday. and Like, yeah. the fleet carrier for me, the reason I got excited about it was really only two reasons. Reason number one, have all my ships in one place. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. if I want to go somewhere for an activity or an event or, or a CG it doesn't matter what ship I bring there. I just bring the fleet carrier there and I have every single ship because I'm a mega ship collector maniac. I think I have like, <laughs> I think I have like 45 or 50 ships and they're all completed in some level between like full on mega engineering or like half engineering. Like, yeah, right. Pretty, right. Most of them are because I think being the space mechanic was kind of one of my first favorite things in the game when we, right. when we, we haven't really talked a lot of, about that stuff but like what early on got me continuing to love the game was the whole ship building mechanic and then yeah. engineering, yeah. engineering yep. mechanic so being able to have all those ships on my carrier is amazing and the second reason is that it lets me take all of my friends and people in the player group and people I just met on Twitch like with us for events and for other activities, especially players who are maybe newer to the game and wouldn't be able to get out to that place or at least wouldn't be able to get there that soon. Yeah. And then that's a a huge bonus. I guess the third tier of that is the casual player who doesn't play very often, but they're a friend of mine. They just keep their ship on board the fleet carrier. So if they decide to log in one day, Look, they're right next to where I am for whatever activity is happening. So they yeah, that's a really good point. On, and all of a sudden, they don't have to be like, hey, how many hundreds of thousands of light years are you from what's right. happening? <laughs> and then they're like, I don't know. I haven't played this game in two months. I guess I won't play. But now yeah. it's like, oh, I'm right here next to you. Sure. Yep. Let's play. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's- point. That's- yeah, I, I love that. That's a really, a really good thing. And, um, I, I feel that as well. It's just, um, it's opened up for that casual player, um, especially with the amount of people who you, you see it, a CG starts and then all of the, not only the system where the CG is, but all of the systems around it are full with fleet carriers. Yeah. And if you're, oh, if yeah. you're parked on, <laughs> if you're parked on somebody's fleet carrier and you're like, I want to. Um, I'm hoping to be where the action is, and that the person with that fleet carrier is a um, a very regular player, like like um, you and I, um, who will will gravitate towards where the action is happening. Then, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it that way. That's a really yeah. good way to put it. Granted, if you if it's on the flip side and you end up sort of six hundred. Yeah. six hundred or so light years out of the bubble in a in a Type Nine. Without any full scope or anything like before. that. No, I, I couldn't possibly be mentioning anyone. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Psychid had to come pick me up when that happened in her mm-hmm. fleet carrier. Oh, that's <laughs> I just ended up out in the middle of nowhere. I was like, "Where am I?" Like whatever fleet carrier I was on when I logged out just jumped like two thousand light years out of the bubble, and I was like, um, "I'm in a." big heavy ship there's no way i'm ever making it back <laughs> actually some, something similar to that happened a couple of weeks ago it was really funny uh, you guys one of you mentioned midweek earlier yeah um mm-hmm. I, I host a weekly mining party 
that I call the midweek grind. Uh, it ha- it's happening the 22nd time every Wednesday. We've never missed a Wednesday in a row yet. Yep. 22nd Wednesday is coming up this week. Uh, we meet up at 7 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time on the fleet carrier, and then we all jump somewhere to mine. Uh, I set the buy rate on the carrier, usually as high as I can push it for a pay night for that night, which is normally around 75 or 80% of the going rate. So people can sell back to me. And then at 11, we go to wherever the highest selling system is to cash out. And nice. it's really fun. It's a great way to make mining entertaining. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. I did it. I did it because I needed a guaranteed way to make money with the fleet carrier. I was like, oh man, yeah. I need to make yeah. so many million every week. I need to engineer my life to never not like have the money. Like I need to make right. sure this works. Right. Yeah. So I made up it, it this becomes self-sustaining. Event. Yeah. yeah. So I made up this event and then I realized that, oh, wow, this every time I do this event, I make way more than 26 million, but that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and, it kind of, and it kind of became a fun way to meet new players. The point of the story yeah. is when we're getting ready to jump, when the drive is spooling and whatnot, I'm usually like, you know, playing drums or talking with the community or like doing other things. And sometimes people are zipping around in small ships around the carrier because I'll keep the carrier on the main screen with like the external camera. So mm-hmm. one day there was this air show happening with like three different commanders in like little eagles or something. And they all of a sudden the the horn goes off, you know, <laughs> and the lockdown happens and they missed it. They were zipping around oh, no. and we were going like really no. far. It was like, a five, it was like 500 light years out to somewhere. <laughs> And I was like, dude, you missed it. You guys were zipping around. You know, I don't know what we're going to do. Sorry, you missed the boat. And then someone in the chat's like, don't worry, I'll send my fleet carrier to pick them up. And I was like, wow, that's a great idea. I hadn't considered that before. And since then, we've done quite a few midweek grinds where someone else in the squad just like sent their carrier over to pick up like stragglers or people that missed it or whatever. That's really cool. The left behinds, the leftovers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> when you're when you're planning these events, and also just like while you're while you're playing the game, are there any um, are there any resources that you sort of gravitate towards? Um, external resources that you would use, um, while when either pl- planning these events or um, when playing the game yourself as well any sort of third party stuff that you use religiously um let's see i don't know about the planning events tool usage necessarily mm-hmm. but i mean the third party tools and apps are as far as i'm concerned like the life support of the game yeah, yeah. if if inara and eddb and corolius went down overnight i think maybe like a couple thousand commanders like just wouldn't play the next yeah, day yeah i think they just be like well, it's really difficult when it's down I think, yeah i think yeah. they'd be like you know what i like this game but i also like not being frustrated and confused so maybe i'll just play something else <laughs> um yeah it, it, even when the short league generator on coriolis is oh, out i'm oh, like no oh my god, my god. <laughs> i do ship builder for a couple days ah oh, yuck yeah yeah no, i'm just kidding ship builder is good look there's cool things about ship builder as well i like how like strong and detailed the font yeah. are on that you're like oh wow yep this feels very detailed but i don't know where anything is 
I'm so right. slow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm definitely <laughs> more of a Corollius fan. Yep. I used to spend entire like like uh, bus rides and things on my phone. Like when I'd be on back when I was still touring and I was playing the game a lot. I remember just like hanging out in the back of the van on the website version of Corollius, like working on my ship builds, trying to like power manage something. I'm like, all right, <laughs> trying to build my, back when I was trying to build like my ultimate like PVE Corvette and you're doing the right. whole thing where you're like, all right, well, am I overpower now? I'm overpower now. Okay. What if I do yeah. this mod on this thing? And yeah. So yeah. Like, I completely understand that. So much fun. So I much love fun. That. I, I love doing that. I'm, I, I get the feeling that um, we're pretty similar in that we, we like to have, if we have a ship, we want to build it to do the best that it can yeah. and oh, like, yeah. ha- let it have a function. Of course. Um, and so I love, I, I spend a lot of time out of game, a lot of free time, <laughs> free time. I have a lot of time you speak of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but a know? lot of time I, I will also sit out of game um, messing about with Coriolis and trying to just tweak that build and just see what I can get out of it. I mm-hmm. totally hear you on that. Oh, yeah, it's I love addictive. It. it started out like that, just as a cool fun thing and like a way to make a way to make the ships more unique and make me feel more like they're mine you know mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. what it started out with and where we've where we've ended is that I just never want to swap modules on a ship ever again yeah. so <laughs> because I just loathe the current system for module storage management yeah. and ship yeah, yeah, swappage. I agree. It is, it's so painful for me to go through that, especially on stream because it's yes. like, mm-hmm. it's like so redundant and you can just see the like pain and like anger coming up behind my eyes while I like, <laughs> so I usually do that stuff off stream. I try not to do it on stream. Right. So the, answer is just have a ship ready to go for every possible task yeah yeah and then of course i love the ships in the game i i it's fun to have variety and it's also fun to try to think of variety for those ships that you never fly or those some of the ships that some people might say are kind of redundant like do Mm -hmm. the same role as another ship i'm like all right what am I going to use an ass scout for? Right. Nothing. Right. What is that ship going to be for? <laughs> like <laughs> nothing. So, I mean, I was just say, I, I just said that the other day to, um, I, I think I can't remember who I, who I was talking to. It might've been you actually, Mal, that I was like, I, you know, the Gettemeyer ships were discounted mm-hmm. and I bought like a shed ton. Right. Um, because if they're discounted, I'm, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy an expensive yeah. ship if it's going to be cheaper. Yeah. And, um, it, it, I've literally been sat down going, why, why, what am I going to use? What, what am I going to use these <laughs> ships for? So it, it really is. Um, but, but yeah, I agree with you entirely on the switching the, Switching the um, switching modules, the modules around, around. And oh, having gosh, having yeah. ships for a specific purposes, mm-hmm. it's definitely the way that I'm leaning now. There's yeah. a couple extras that I want to do, but oh, yeah. for sure, it's such a good idea. And when you become a ship hoarder, 
like I am. Uh-huh. This, is the kind of, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that happens. Like if you go to my fleet page on Inara, there's there's definitely over over fifty ships, and five of them are called cold storage. Cold storage one right. through five. <laughs> uh, without, if I didn't have the Elite Dangerous Discovery app that lets you look at every single module that you have, right. yep. I don't know how I'd be able to do anything. Like every time yep. I pull that app up on stream, people are like, "What is that? And how do I get that?" Or they're like, yep. "I don't understand." And that's not for you then. That's fine. Like, yep. <laughs> but when I'm like, "Oh man, I need, I need a size for." recon limpet or something obscure yeah. like that something super obscure i'll just pull that list up in alphabetical order and scroll down to that limpet and then it says what ship it's on and where that ship is parked and i can like, yeah. bring that up it saves so much time and it goes right back to your question about the third party tools yeah elite yeah. dangerous discovery is the program that i have on my computer that i don't know how i would how i would build or deal with ship management and module systems and keep my like positive face yeah i would lose it <laughs> and keep your sanity mm. yeah. yeah it's it's tough it's tough and uh i think there's there's like a handful of programs that uh you know that people people bring up ed discovery is one of them it's always at the top of people's list um edmc is on there a lot oh yeah of um, e- ed engineer um and they but they apart from edmc so like um inara eddb um, ED discovery and ED engineer, they all people seem to like either absolutely love them or absolutely hate them. There's nobody who's like, eh, it's okay. They're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a very polarized segment of the market. Cause people are either like ED engineers, the only way to go, or I have a notebook that I write stuff in. Like it's one or the mm-hmm. other. There's no like in between, like, well, I use it sometimes and I use it for this. Or they're like, Either Anara or EDDB. There's going to be a fight in the in the parking lot over which one of those people use for for looking stuff up. It's it's interesting to me that like that there's such like such polarization. It's almost like Federation and Empire level of I'm I'm going to choose a side. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's funny. I've never used ED Discovery. Really? Um, uh, I, pick, I picked, no, that's a lie. I opened it, looked at it, went, I'm not going to be able to get the yeah. handle of that and closed it again, which is exactly oh, the same way that a lot of other people deep. did ED Engineer. It's a super yeah. deep app. I don't even use yep. any of the other aspects of it. Like, it has this whole thing yeah. for exploration. It has this yeah. whole thing that you can, like, ex- like, bring panels out and, like, float panels on your screen. All yeah. I use it yeah. for is the master list of every module I own. And the ability to pull up any ship build I own. You can look at a yeah. full list of all your ships. And then within two clicks, I can have any of my ships in Corolias. So like yeah. I didn't even know that it with. had that. That's what yeah. I use it for. I can go to yeah. any single ship, bring it up on stream, and show somebody what that build is instantly if they have a question about it. Or find a module in the humongous haystack that is the yeah. module storage yeah. management system. Yeah, yeah the, the, the ship stuff is really, really good. 
Really, really good. The other thing that I really like about, I mean, it does have like the general exploration, like here's what's in the system. Here's what it's going to be worth for you. Here's like, but the other feature that it has that I really like is the fact that, um, and you can get this in other programs, but I like the way that ED discovery does it is it keeps a log for you of where you've been and what you've seen. And when you take screenshots, it takes the pictures, dumps them into a folder, but it also creates like a text log, like a captain's log of like, I was in this system at this location when I took this picture. So it gets like really specific so that if you're going back through your photos and you're like, where the hell did I take this? You could just go into ED discovery and it'll be like, Oh, you took that when you were here. So even if you've forgotten or lost it, it's like, it's got your back. Actually, you just reminded me. Uh, one of my first like stream setups for when I when I first started streaming Elite Dangerous. Because by the right. way, when I started streaming, I didn't think Elite Dangerous was a game that anyone would like care about to watch me play. <laughs> uh, when I started streaming uh, over a little over a year ago, I was like, "Well, I could play my favorite game." I was like, "I don't think anyone wants to watch me play that." Like literally, that was right. my answer. <laughs> so instead, I just focused on more popular titles like uh, apex legends and overwatch and and that kind of stuff and it was so when i started streaming elite about maybe like i don't know five or so months into my world of streaming one of my first designs for an overlay was using one of those text files from uh, elite dangerous discovery there's a text file that it generates every time you target uh, a hostile Right. And it brings up the name of that hostel and, and their bounty. Oh, so, nice. So what I did is I had that set up on my second PC through like the drive networking to like look right. at the main computer and pull that text file up and have it. So when I was playing, I would target a ship and then up top of the screen, it would say the name of who that was and what their bounty was. Oh, which, that's so cool. Which I thought was really cool. The problem was the resolution wasn't very clear Uh um and it also just like i thought it made the screen look kind of like too much information you know that Mm -hmm. that vibe when there's too many things on the screen and i also was like one person is going to think this is amazing and everyone else is going to be like why is this there so i ended up scrapping it but it is a thing you can do you can go into those text files and like bring them into your your stream or your youtube video or whatever That's another cool feature of that program. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned like changes to your streaming setup and your streaming setup it, it itself. And earlier you talked about the fact that you started out using Hotas. So can you tell us a little bit about like your physical setup for how you fly? Like, um, I know, I, I know you and I share a love of a new keyboard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, tell me a little bit about how you have your stuff set up. So, sure. uh, so that you can fly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, I started from day one uh, with uh, Hotas. You can say Hotas or Hotas. Which one do you say? Hotas, Hotas. for me, know. but I've heard, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, I yeah. never know. Uh, whatever. Okay. So I started out with the, <laughs> thru- the Thrustmaster T1600 uh, as my first flight stick and throttle. And I got home with them and I was like, okay, these are awesome. Where am I going to put these? Okay. I put them on the desk. So like ka-chunk, ka-chunk, right. put them on the desk on each side <laughs> of my keyboard and mouse. And I got in a game and the first thing they did was fall over. 
<laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, I yep. am way too aggressive with these things. Yep. Enter phase two. Enter the gaff tape. Um, yep. So I got the gaff tape out, by the oh, way. Gaff so tape. Those That's you a who, great who idea. Know, uh, gaff tape is like the more evolved version of duct tape. Yes. So duct tape, we all know, can fix anything, but it has its downsides. It leaves uh, marks. It leaves like yep. sticky, gooey debris everywhere. Yep. Gaff tape is its more expensive, cultured relative uh, that does the same <laughs> job, but it does not leave sticky residue. That's why yep. it's used in production and yep. entertainment industry. So like as a touring drummer, I've always had a roll of gaff tape in my bag. It's one of those things I need to bring with me for every single show because one, it fixes anything just like duct tape does. But a lot of uh, higher class establishments and clubs have signs that say no duct tape because the duct yeah. tape leaves that sticky stuff everywhere. Yep. Okay. So yep. it's everywhere. Go back, go back through the story. So I take the gaff tape <laughs> and I make some rolls of it and I put them underneath the throttle and flight stick and then, you know, put them down. Right. And now they're like solid. I was like, oh, yeah, these babies aren't nice. going anywhere. So I start playing and it's cool. But I start getting like arm pain. Like after my what? first day of playing, my shoulders oh. were sore. And I was like, why are my shoulders sore? And I was like, oh, I think I'm up too high. I think my yeah. desk was mounting them too high for me. Right? Right. Uh, so I was like, all right, I need to find a way to get these things lower. So, of course, I'm a drummer. So I love building things. And I can build anything out of drum hardware. This is a fact. Right, this is right. a fact. So <laughs> I went into my bag of hardware, uh, which hardware stands for the, it's the name for the stands that go around the drum set. So I grabbed two snare drum stands. The snare drum is the drum that goes in the center of your drum set. It's the one that you play the most often. The one that goes in the boom, 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 that's the snare drum. So I set up two snare stands on either side of me. And I put drum practice pads on them, which are like pieces of wood with different kinds of foam and rubber on them that you use to play on when you can't play a real drum, right? And I have, I have like 15 or more different drum pads. I mean, I've been playing drums for like 25 years now. I have a lot of drum pads. So I got <laughs> two drum pads on each side of me, and I got these babies taped to them. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And I go into the game. I start moving and those stands are like blah, blah, blah. the stands are like bouncing around. The hotas are not, but the stands are moving. So I had like put a bunch of like heavy stuff on the bottom of the stands, like some books and like laundry and like so now I have these like two stands on either side of me that are flanked with like laundry and heavy books and bags. <laughs> and I'm like, this rules. I'm like, but this looks awful. And like and I can't even escape without messing with them. So I'm like, all right, I need a solution. I need a solution for this that is more elegant. Enter the drum rack hotas stand. <laughs> so uh, what I built is I built a stand that holds my hotas rig that lives under the desk. So a drum rack is a kind of cage if you will that sets up around your drum set that all your stands right. mount off of i'm sure you've right. seen it for like metal bands or like maybe 
like excessive bands in the late 80s or whatever that had these humongous drum sets. They'd have this like almost like a fence that goes around them, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have a Gibraltar drum rack that was a gift to me from my parents when I was in high school. I think I I got it when I was like 16 and I was like, this is the coolest, right? Because when you're 16, a drum rack Mm -hmm. is like, you're like, whoa, that's, that's God real. Tier. Yeah, that's yeah. real. Yeah. You're like, this is what like Metallica uses, you know? So like, that's where right, your brain right. goes. So I had, I used it in high school for the purpose. I used it in college as the basement drum set for that purpose. I used it in right. my first touring band, Badash, as the merchandise display. We turned it into a Grim Reaper whose arms would open up and hold all the t-shirts. That's a whole other story. <laughs> that, that's a different podcast. We can go into that. Um, so, and, and then I used it as my keyboard stand. I, I used to tour playing organ for a pop punk band called Rebuilder. And I repurposed the drum rack again as the keyboard stand because they're just metal pipes. Oh, you know? yeah. You can build yeah. anything with them. So then it sat in a bin for a couple years. And I was like, aha. It's time for the drum rack to once again have utility. To save the (laughs) day. So I cut it to size. I spent time like drafting plans on paper in between lessons for a couple weeks. And then I built this elaborate drum rack Hotas stand that not only can flip under the desk out of sight, out of mind, uh, but when it but then it can like fold out and hold the the flight stick and throttle. And now there's a little board in between that holds my Kinesis keyboard. Nice. So I basically have an extended extended desk almost. So like my main yeah. desk has, you know, keyboard, like piano keyboard and uh, stream computer keyboard and other stuff. But then this extension comes out and that holds the Hotaz and it is rock solid. Like it doesn't move wow. at all. And it also doesn't shake my desk at all because it's mounted to that structure that lives yeah. underneath the desk. So when I'm like racking on the controls or whatever, like my face cam doesn't shake. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah. No, no vibrations translate into the microphone. Hmm. You can see photos, by the way, on my Instagram and on my Twitter. There uh, we go. <laughs> and the That's a really good idea. Like I hadn't thought about it as a, a way to, kind of mitigate some of the vibration you get on camera and uh, with the microphone. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Because there's those really awesome mounts. I think you have them. Don't you have those Monster Tech? Is that what those uh, are Yeah, called? yeah. Like yep. Those mounts are really cool. I've seen them online, but ultimately they attach to your desk, which means yep. any vibrations and shakes are going to go through to anything else that's connected to it. Right. Right. It might not be yep. a big deal depending on your setup and your place or whatever, but then again, it might be. Yeah. Depends on how you play. Depends on how sturdy your desk is. Like if you've got a rock solid, heavy desk, it yeah. might not be as big of a deal as if you have like a desk that's got two spindly little legs, Oh yeah, you know, and it's going to wobble a lot. Oh, you're done. I feel seen at that. You're I done. really do. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> this is good. Um, I feel you... like I'm going now. This is good, right? <laughs> what would you what would you say that you're best at when you play elite? What what's your forte? Everything. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I can appreciate that. Uh, no, no, definitely <laughs> not. That's that's wrong. 
Uh, wrong answer. Wrong answer, Enterprise. Uh, what am I best at in the game? Wow, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've been playing the game for a long time, so mm-hmm. I feel like I have a really good comfort uh, with the majority of the gameplay. I feel like there's not that many parts of the game or aspects of the game that I have a difficult time with. Uh, I like flying a lot, so I think yeah. I'm pretty good at combat. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty adept at just being graceful in the ships. Like sometimes I'll do whole flight assist off streams with a whole stream. I'm flying flight assist off, and that's always really exciting. You know, like I'm going into land. I also have a a thing in the channel points where you can like force me to go FA off, which a lot of commanders also have. So I'll be like going to land on a planet and someone will throw that at me. And then like I'll pull off the landing and it'll be like, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I can do it. <laughs> yeah, it's and a the, good feeling. Yeah. It's a good feeling when you get that challenge and you're able to pull it off. Yeah, because it could have definitely not, <laughs> not worked out. But then could again, go the other way. Content. Content. <laughs> that, there you go. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So those clippable moments. Yeah. So I'm going to go with P I think I'm pretty good at PVE combat in the game. Uh, I think I'm pretty good at organizing things together, organizing people to have fun Mm -hmm. and the, and dealing with the sandbox in the game and learning how to hack the system, if you will, like, (laughs) Uh, a lot of times we kind of call our group the elite dangerous overclockers club because we're constantly doing stuff that clearly the game was not designed to allow for like getting 30 people into one instance to make a conga line right Mm. right i saw that that was awesome and you have to you have to do a lot of stuff that is a little strange or procedural and then i think the worst thing about it is i'm doing everything from what has worked in the past. Right. I could be doing some things that are nonsensical, that have no reason, but because Frontier has never done a, that I know of, they've never done a stream or a show that was like dedicated to the ninjutsu of instancing. Right. That's what I would love. I don't know if you guys are listening. I would love that. I would love for you to show (laughs) me your ways so I can like, like Neo. I want to be like Neo in the Matrix, but with elite dangerous instancing. I want yeah. to be able to control yeah. that construct and make it work for the things the, we're trying to do. That's the problem is there's not a construct. It's designed specifically not to let people do that. Like that's like part of the game. And I I, I don't in Psychic, you may know this because you've you've played longer than I have. I don't I don't know why the game is set up that way, but it's designed around this four player wing instance. Um, mm-hmm. and and getting anyone more than that together is like it's it, like Enterprise says it's like literally game breaking when you yeah. try yeah. and get you know more more people together. Like I've developed a I system know. that works, but I don't know if it works. I don't know why it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. It's really saying. tricky. It's it's really tricky. I I don't um I don't have any like crazy insight into that either. Um, mm. I I do want to um I do get really really frustrated when I drop into say um if I drop into a convoy beacon and there's a and they're literally in a wing of seven and I have right. seen that and I'm like why 
How come Why they get do you seven? get to be in a wing of seven <laughs> when we get four? Oh, what? the cheating NPCs? Oh, cheating yeah. NPCs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're with their unlimited missiles and unlimited chaff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And their, their power plant that magically repairs itself in like two seconds. Oh, yeah. yeah those guys. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, speaking of cheating NPCs, it is really just like <laughs> you can turn the tables on the cheating NPCs if you have super engineered builds like if oh yes. yeah you, yeah like i think one of my favorite things lately in the game has been doing those uh elite level wing assassination missions alone yes because if you have a really engineered cutter or corvette or just any really tough ship with the prismatic shield you can go into that basically four on one fight yeah. And just mop the floor with all of them. And it feels so good. And it feels awesome. It and feels it, so it, good. And it feels like you're like, okay, I have built the ultimate apex of a ship for this. And then yeah. I think what I've been doing with it is that, you know, going back to the whole really enjoying unique ship builds in the game is mm-hmm. there is no way currently that I've discovered to make a repeatable combat challenge in elite dangerous meaning every combat challenge in the game always has a variable of chance or change in it right so what i like doing is i like bringing one ship into an environment that's really difficult and being like okay that ship could pull this off can this other ship also pull off that challenge so i've been like bringing Mm -hmm. i've been bringing different ships into those elite wing missions trying to see what ships can do it and then where that line between combat skill and ship specific build comes into play. Interesting. And what's challenging about it is there's always that random element. Right. Yeah. Like, I've done right. the same thing, for instance, with uh, conflict zones. Like I have this personal challenge called the, the no repair, no shield challenge where right. I see how many conflict zones I can clear in a row in one ship without ever clicking the repair button. So I right. have this type 10 super hull tank type yes. 10 and it's, I've made it through. I, I got to look at the chart, but I want to say like 16 or 17 low intensity conflict zones in a row without ever clicking the repair button. And the last five were all no canopy life support, you know, <laughs> Darth Vader yep. the whole time. And it was, and is it that was, the uh, is that the Hulk Smash yeah, T10? The Hulk Smash, yeah, that's the name of that ship. Yeah, and I've done that a couple times on stream, and it's really fun and really exciting. And then I tried using a different ship one day for it, and the conflict zone was entirely different. Like, yeah, if different yeah. kinds of ships show up, or like a cruiser comes in, that ruins the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, like, yep. And that's that's kind of been my challenging game as of late is trying to find these very repeatable combat challenges so i can like class out my own ships if you will or like yeah, yeah. interesting hmm. what do you enjoy do? What, what's your favorite thing to do in game you, you touched on things that you're really enjoying doing what would you say is your your absolute fave um favorite selfishly is mm-hmm. combat in vr Okay. Because we didn't really talk about that, but like over the years for my love of the game, it went flat screen. Oh, this game's cool to like track IR. Oh, wow. This is really cool. 
being able to move yep. my head around in game. And then Toby Eye Tracker, which was like, this feels like the future, but this is not ready. Not ready for prime time. Right, right. I don't know if you guys have used that. Toby Eye Tracker yep. is a missile Mal has. Uh, it's, it's, it's cool. It's tech. close. It's cool tech, but, but uh, I'm not ready yet. Uh, yep. But then I went to VR and it was like, it was like the game became new again. I think yeah. I got VR in yeah. 2017. And when I put on that, when I put the Vive on for the first, actually, no, the first one I had was the, uh, what's it called? It was a cheaper Windows mixed reality headset. Uh, the Lenovo Explorer, I want to say it was called. And it was like groundbreaking for me. I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow, this is the game? Okay. So now fast forward, I have the Vive Pro. When I play in VR in combat, I'm having the most fun. Right. I, I tell people on stream, the small part of my face you can see right now is pure joy. Like <laughs> I am, I love it. CQC in VR is amazing. Um, like doing really risky small ships, like no shield eagles, is really really fun. Uh, but I feel like I have a hard time being as good of a content creator and streamer when I'm doing that. I feel mm. like the I can appreciate I, I that. I feel like yeah. the you know what, 65% plastic covering me makes it harder for me to emote to people on stream. That might yeah. be me personally imagining that. That might be reality. That might be my uh, want to control everything. Like, it's so shaky. I don't know. Yeah. So yep. I tend to do that selfishly to have fun a lot. And I think after VR combat, I think maybe flight assist off just kind of slow flying, like doing regular things, but in that FA off right. world, kind of imagining real face, uh, real like space physics, like imagining right. if you had to control a little capsule from like the ISS and right, how you right. move it. Now, granted, I mean, I'm not trying to say I can do any of that stuff, but you feel like that, you know, when <laughs> yeah, you, when yeah. you like, psh, and it keeps spinning you're like, Oh, this is cool. Okay. Like I feel yeah. like I'm smart in the space world yeah. <laughs> game when I do I'm stuff space like that. Smart. Yeah. yeah. So I think I really like doing that a lot as well. Cause that makes any menial task in the game so much more exciting and more riveting. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. It really does. Just landing. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that, that you don't get to spend a lot of time doing that you kind of wish you did? Anything you wanted to participate more in game? Um, I guess. I mean, there are some things I don't do on stream in the game because I think they might be boring for people right. to watch. Or I think I might lose viewers. So I don't tend to do a lot of theory crafting on ships. Like, gotcha. Like, actually, like building the ship and talking about building the ship. I used to do some of that on stream, but I feel like it doesn't pop enough. So I don't do that on stream. I also don't do like any lore or exploration stuff on stream. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't do like any of that. And I think it's because I'm afraid it doesn't pop on camera. I don't yeah. do it because I'm like, all right, it's not necessarily exciting. It might be hard to segue to a drum solo here. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
because I, that's another really big part of my content is me, me being a musician and like sharing that. Right. And right. I've, I tend to have found things in the game that let me share that. So like, I really love doing trade missions and passenger missions, especially when the destination is really far from the star. I'm definitely the only person you've ever had on this show that likes that. Right. Have you ever had someone on the show who's like, you know what I love? I love like getting a bunch of farm equipment and then go on a couple hundred thousand light seconds to uh, an outpost. I mean, we are only Nobody's... 24 people in, so yeah. it's still well, young. Like, <laughs> I, I actually like that. You were the first. Yeah. You can claim first yeah. on that one for yeah. sure. I get to go like, all right, time for the super drum assist. Boom. And hit the button and transfer and then like go play drums and then go back to the game right so i don't right. so i guess the answer was i don't do any lore stuff because i'm afraid people will think i'm boring <laughs> there, there you go fair enough that's fair enough. enough i also know there's a lot of other people that do it really well like yeah. i know there's a lot of commanders out there that are really good at the storytelling aspect of elite and maybe i, feel I love like, the lore stuff yeah maybe i feel I like i'm not as good stuff. at it so I tend to not do it on camera. Yeah. However, during the Halloween event, I did experiment with a new thing that some people liked. Uh, while we were listening to those audio logs from the, the spooky audio logs from like the, uh, mm -hmm. what was the ship called? The uh, Atomaster? The Atomaster, yeah. During those Atomaster moments, I went over to the keyboard and I, I played like kind of nice chord soundscapes behind the stories oh cool while i looked at that's the camera kind of a neat idea and made little like little comments here and there and it kind of gave it a radio show vibe yeah so yeah, like an old like 40s or 50s yeah. radio show where you have like the ambiance and you have the voiceover and then you have the actors and the foley and yeah. all that all that going on that's so, kind of cool that was fun but that requires the audio logs of so i might do a stream yeah. in the future where we go listen to more of those audio logs and like I pr pr provide the soundtrack for it. So that's a thing that might happen. It also is on brand nice. with me, you know, like yeah. trying to live score yeah. the game. When you run into trouble, if you run into trouble in game at all, is there um, any particular people who you would turn to or is there a, anywhere in particular that you would go to look for help? Um, let's see, you run into trouble. What do you, what do you mean by that? If you, <laughs> you, mean like, if you like find that you're struggling with when, something. <laughs> the other week when a bounty got placed on me. Like there's no that. <laughs> and, and, and the illustrious and very talented web gear assassinated yeah. me assassinated me on stream yeah <laughs> that was actually a really amazing moment by the way the top two people on twitch that night were him and me and we kept like going back and forth between each other of like who had the most viewers because i feel like most viewers were watching both of us at the same time so people were right. watching him hunt me and me like run from him it was actually a really exciting stream that was during the uh fruits and veggies community goal last week or two weeks ago yeah it was really fun but who do i go to okay uh frontier support uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean 
I mean, like, if you if you find that you're struggling, or if there's like a question that you have, or there's something that you're not entirely sure um, of what what you're what you're doing, or the aim of something, is there any one in any group oh, of people or anyone okay. in particular that you would turn to? Ah, uh, Reddit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, if I don't know how to do something in game, or I'm curious about something, I'll usually just look it up online, and almost the first place, almost always, is the Reddit. The Reddit forums. Yeah. So I, I'll go there to look for stuff. Um, if not, I'll go to my actual community in my Discord because, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the Discord has been growing. We're like almost at like 550 members and almost all of them are elite commanders and a lot of them are really knowledgeable in the game. So sometimes I'll just yeah message out in there and be like, hey guys, do you know like how to do this thing or who has done this before. Right. And get right. their answers. And a lot of times that can help really help to build our community and to like come up with ideas and plans for everything kind of in house almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Then it feels organic to the community, which oh, is kind of nice too. That's kind of cool. Um, what would you say is your fondest memory or like the most amazing thing that's happened to you in elite? Oh, wow. Okay. Right. Most, not a hard question. Most amazing. <laughs> um, well, I think I'm going to go with my very first experience fighting the Thargoids when they were brand new in the game back in the, what 2017. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. when that happened? Like, I, think I think so. so. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause I was following all of the like Reddit and forum posts because when the way frontier rolled out the actual Thargoids into the game was really cool for anyone that was playing it back then, they did a great job with it and the community was pumped so into it. And at the, mm. at, at the same time, it was like this thing's happening. It's called a hyperdiction. And I was like, what, what's, what's that going to be like? And I purposely didn't watch it online. I kept like, stopping the spoilers and then they released the type 10 which was supposed to be the ultimate anti-xeno ship we all know that that didn't work out but (laughs) but i thought it was a lot of time there's been swing and a miss with ships that they brought out so yeah so i spent like a couple weeks engineering this ship because i was like if i'm gonna go fight these things i gotta be as ready as possible so i old-fashioned engineering that had the random element there used to be an rng element to engineering in the game where you would roll the dice and these sliders would just randomly move. And sometimes mm-hmm. they would be good and sometimes they would yep. be bad. So it took a lot more rolls to get quote unquote good modules back then. So I yeah. Yeah. did the whole thing with the type 10 and I used to play with a, a player group uh, based out of Salati and I organized an event, an anti Xeno event. I think I called it like, destination nostromo or something i forget what i called it but i had an aliens vibe and we ended up getting i want to say like 12 or 16 like players to like meet up to try to fight thargoids for the first time and mind you we only had the ax multi-cannons and the what the the flak launchers the ones for the swarm what's that one called yeah Yep. Um, yeah, flat launches. Yeah. You're right. Those were the only weapons back then. Oh, and the AX missiles. Nothing else existed back then. And fighting the Thargoids was so 
thrilling and so difficult and so exciting. Like we had like eight or more commanders trying to take down one Thargoid with the, and it was barely possible. Like the Guardian weapons have just changed that entire landscape. It used to be mm. it used to be borderline impossible to take them down with just the AX multi cannons. And we didn't know what we were doing. Also, you know, so it was like, yeah, so I'm in VR. I'm with a bunch of my friends. There's this brand new challenge in the game. It's exciting. It's confusing. Um, and also, I guess the downside of I'll never forget it is I lost my first elite ranked NPC pilot back when they had permadeath. Oh, oh yeah. They used, they used to permadeath. Uh, her name was Jana, and I'll never forget her. <laughs> uh, so I lost Jana that day, uh, uh, but you know, it was it was fun, and it was it was exciting, and there was mm. there was unknowns, you know. I think that's yeah. the last time I played the game with that much unknown. I think is the yeah. best word I can think of. Because now fighting yeah, no, is still right. fun. Thargoid fighting is still exciting. It's still basically the apex of PVE in the game. But right. due to the way the Guardian weapons have rolled out, it's become significantly easier with those lower tier Thargoids. Yeah. yeah. And, and we also we also have the benefit of knowing knowing how they work yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well. We have a lot more info about yeah, the mechanics of, of how those fights. Experience. Yeah. yeah. It, would, it would, like, I don't know. I think it'd be really exciting if Frontier could find a way to roll out a new threat in the game or a new combat mm-hmm. mechanic yeah. that was completely different, that people didn't know anything about, that we were maybe ill-equipped to fight. Yeah, mm. I think that'd yeah, be that would really be great. Exciting. I think, I think... I think we'll see stuff like that. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll, especially with with everything, with everything that's coming. Yeah, I I fully see. expect, fully expect to yeah. see see something like that. Um, what is it for you that keeps you logging back into the game? Um, I think it's that one. I really like flying a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Like the, I think when you think when I go back to why I was playing this game in the first place and I started with the flight stick and the throttle because I knew that that was the ultimate for me. Flying a ship is my favorite part of Elite Dangerous. So what gets me to log back in is I love flying. I like the flight mechanic. I feel comfortable and, and pretty confident in that world. Yeah. And I think other than that, it's the sandbox that the game has I love that we can do whatever we want in that world and I can plan events that I think would be fun and share them with others via the Twitch or like my discord community, like making things to do in that sandbox and sharing it with other people. And I look forward to frontiers plans to, melt those walls between multi-crew and wings and i'm really hopeful that they'll make playing this game with others even easier because that's Uh that's the thing i want in this game more than anything else is i want to be able to play this game 
with other people at the same time. And the easier they make that, not only will I plan things more often, but more people will show up and participate in them. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I I really look forward to the, the I'm hoping that that's part of the the like the guaranteed roadmap when they start talking about milestones in Odyssey. Like I really want that to be one of those things is yeah. it, you know better instancing, better just just a game that's built around us playing together because they've given us a one-to-one scale representation of the galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't have a one-to-one scale representation of community. Correct. Right. Correct. It's, 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 it's all these separate little pods in this one big galaxy. And I, I keep, I, I I'm like you and I'm like, I'm and in psych I know it's the same way. Like when you get a bunch of people together and it works, it's, it really is a good feeling. Oh yeah, be able to do. I mean, to to fly around with with all your friends, you know. About, think about mm-hmm. it. Like a few weeks ago, no, a few months ago, I had an event on my page, and uh, Mal was a guest judge for it. Uh, it was. Oh, that's right. I forgot it about was that. Called the <laughs> SRVX Games. I, yeah. I designed a whole evening of SRV antics, from like jumping and spinning to uh, racing around a crater to no shield demolition derby. There was land on the condo. We had to jump yep. up and land on top of an anaconda. And I spent like five streams coming up with the events. And then I had a, I think we had what, nine contestants? Nine yeah, contestants so. yeah. sign up. And Mal and I were the judges. And we went through all of these different events. And it was really, really fun. And it was, we, we even had extra commanders who were the spotlights. Who like flew overhead? Oh yeah, yeah. Their lights down to light up the arena, if you will. I found this awesome crater that was kind of like our arena for the evening, and it was fun and it was a good time. But I kept imagining like, what if more people could have been there as like both spectators and contestants? Yep. Yeah. Mm. That's that. That's a good point because there's a lot of so. There's events like the ones you organize, like the uh, SRVX games. There's stuff like the buckyball races uh, that they put together. Like it would be really neat to be able to somehow participate in those, not just as a a racer or as a participant, but also as a spectator. Like just to be able to be there to say you were there. You know, yeah. like I I I I might not want to be in that race or in that event, but I could still be there in game and experience it totally yeah that's really cool um let's uh let's change things up a little bit and say time travel exists if you could go back to day one i just blew my ship up and got a fine ender and give him one piece of advice what would it be can you read that back one more time for me sure i want to really hear that sure um so if we say time travel exists and you could go back to your very first day playing and give yourself one piece of advice as a new commander, what would it be? Power play. Pledge and get all of those modules. Okay. Because I'm what, five years into the game and I still don't own all the modules? That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. 
I was afraid of power play. I thought I was going to get hunted down all the time. I thought it would be right. a constant bounty on my head. Like, right. That's, that's not what happens when you engage in power play. So right. Right. I wish that I had been pledging every month to get all the things. So at this point, I already had all the things. Right. That's, that's that makes one. Sense. That's one right there. Uh, I guess two is back up your bindings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's I'm a sure, great one. I'm sure everybody who's played this game long enough has had their bindings wiped at least once. So that's another one. Back up your bindings. If you don't yep. know how to do it, kids. Google it. It's not the hardest, but it is not that difficult. Uh, let's see. And then I guess third will be the third thing I tell myself. Hmm. Um, how about don't be afraid to engage with the community more often because I engage with the community a lot now because clearly I'm online, you know, three or four times a week right on Twitch mm -hmm. being a, being a dummy playing drums and yelling at the screen and like, <laughs> you know, like doing that whole thing. But for a long time, I didn't do that. You know, for a long time, I right. just, I either played kind of by myself or with, the player group that I was with for a couple years, I didn't really engage that much. Like I didn't go on the Reddit and like talk to people. I read stuff. I didn't talk to them. Right. I'd be on the frontier forums, but I wouldn't say anything to them. I would never post anything online really about elite dangerous. So I guess the advice would be you like this game a lot, but you know what? There's a lot of other people that also really like this game. Maybe more than you do. Why don't you right. talk mm -hmm. to them about it? Engage with them because space is better with friends. Definitely. That's a great tagline. That should be the tagline for Odyssey. His space is better with friends. That that all depends if they can it sort out depends. like the interview. Aside from all of the other things that we've spoken about with we we have talked a lot about what we want in the future and things along those lines. Is there anything other than the instancing and things along those lines and wanting them to improve that? Is there anything else that you can think of that you want from Odyssey that we don't already know about? Um, that we don't know about. I mean, we've heard rumors about things, um, but I do think there's two, I think two things that I think ultimately could make Odyssey like the best space game. Mm -hmm. And I think they are cross-play, getting all of our communities together. Xbox, PlayStation, and PC, one unified group could be massive for the already yeah. fragmented and compartmentalized elite dangerous world. And then the other yeah. thing is a complete breakdown of the walls between multi-crew and the wing system and eliminating that cap of four people. Yeah. Like I want to be able to have two friends on my ship in the two co-pilot seats and then also have a couple other ships 
with us that also have people on their ships. Yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. That would be ideal. I want to be able to go down to a planet and then be like, Hey, you know what? Uh, Jerry, why don't you get in the SRV? Oh, right, and Jerry drops down to the SRV and he's zooming around. And I'm like, Hey, uh, Sh- Sh- Sherry, it's, I want, I want, <laughs> these are just made up names. I want you to fly mm-hmm. the, the uh, ship launch fighter. She's like, you got it chief. And then she, you know, she goes out, she's flying and they're on the ground. And then the other ship is like, basically someone's on the ground on foot. You know, we're like, uh, come in. This is a uh, Geraldo. I'm on the ground. I don't know. I'm just making up names here. <laughs> so like, I think this idea that I'm describing of a multifaceted battle communication system between people on the ground, people in ground vehicles, people in the air, people in other smaller aircraft, yet you're all in this group that allows you to ping targets and share them with each other, I think could be really, really exciting and super dynamic especially when we think about the little bits of details we've gotten from that PC gamer article already from the, from like right. what, two yesterday. Mm-hmm. I yep. think my favorite yep. little detail for people who, I mean, I know this is time is different. This will be released later in the future. Yeah. Maybe in the future, you guys know all the answers. I don't know, but <laughs> as of right now, my favorite little detail from that yesterday article is that they're saying there'll be a way for, other people to be on your own ship and i'm hoping that means others will be able to fly your ship yeah i'm hopeful of that i'm really i would love to be able to let others fly my ship for me for really two reasons one how cool would it be to be able to share your ship builds with people like let them actually fly your ship so they know about the engineering you did or the weapon loadout you did or that would be awesome. And two, for me as a, a streamer and a content creator, I would love to be able to let someone else fly my ship while I play drums or while I play keys or while I do something else with the camera and the community while the ship getting somewhere uh, is taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I would. Yeah, that's a, no, that's a really that. good idea. I'm really, I'm really excited about the, um, about the possibility that that might be a thing. Even, yeah. even the bare whiff of that being a small possibility, I'm super excited about yeah. it. So I can totally feel yeah. you. I'd love, and, and the thing is, the thing for me is, I can go if if somebody else can fly my ship, I can say, for example, to my sister who is. A, bulking a little bit at um, the prospect of going around and doing all of the engineering and all of that. I can, that whole idea that I can sort of like put her in the seat of my fully engineered Corvette and put her into a conflict zone and go, look, look how easy this is. Look how yeah. fun this Here's is. Here's why you want this. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is why, why, this is the difference between that and the, the ships that aren't engineered that you have. This, this is that difference. I think um, I'm just being able to do that with anybody, but specifically my sister, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, do, doing that and showing that off to people um, and like trying to open up that area of the game to them. Oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah. and ultimately what we're describing and what I described as the things I want for the game without making any joke or whatever, they are all community focused. 
Yeah. Like yeah. the space yep. with friends thing. I it's it's real. Like the yeah. there are other things I would like in the game. Like I have a whole list of things I want for the FPS combat because I'm a huge uh like Apex Legends and Overwatch fan. Yeah. So right. there's a lot of that of the game that I'm really curious about that I would love to theory craft on and like talk about, but ultimately that doesn't matter that much when I compare it to the community features that I want the game to bring in more, you know, right. All, this has been the trend for all content about the game for probably a long time. Now is we all talk about the elite dangerous community. You know, we say yeah. that all the time because truly we are the lifeblood of this game. Mm-hmm. Like, because we like it so much or we love it so much. So the things I want for the future of the game is to make it easier for us to all get together. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Um, do you have any uh, current projects or things in game or for your stream that you're working on that, uh, that, you can, that we can look forward to? Um, yeah, actually, we, through um, you know, the really amazing generosity of the Enders Elite and everyone else on the Twitch page, we've raised a bunch of funds for new gear, fired off uh, order yesterday for a whole bunch of new equipment. And we're building, we're building some stuff here in my studio. My studio already, you know, is, is pretty intense. And it's going to get even more intense later on this month. We're building a green screen area for on-screen antics and bits, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. To be able to walk into the game for some, like, Elite Dangerous Weatherman kind of stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. Uh so that's going to be really fun. We've got some more integrate uh interplay rather happening with the chat. We're going to have some light lighting effects, color changing effects that people in chat can control. So we'll be able to go red alert and have everything in the studio flash red. Uh, I'm working on a way to get lights inside my drums as well. So the insides of all the drums are going to light up. Uh, I got this super baller new capture card. It's going to let us get more cameras into the setup. So we're basically more production value going up again. So I'm really excited about that. The in-game faction, I don't know when that's going to happen. I know that Frontier has kind of said, like, we're not really doing much with the in-game factions while we get ready for Odyssey. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they're even going to give us the in-game faction before Odyssey comes out. So that may or may not become a thing on the channel. That's kind of not up to me, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. Yeah. What is up? What, what I can control is the physical studio and making sure that, like, I'm continuing to grow in my professionalism on camera and that the quality level continues to raise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That is always the goal. <laughs> uh, do you do you play anything when you're not playing Elite? I know you mentioned Apex and Overwatch. Woohoo, Overwatch! Yeah. But um, is there yeah, yeah. anything else that you <laughs> yeah. um, anything yeah. else that you play when you're not playing Elite? I play I play an, another space game as well. Okay. Uh, w- uh, one one involving citizens. 
Oh, okay. that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I have another space game that I really, I really like. Um, and, you know, so if I'm not playing Elite Dangerous these days, I'm probably playing Star Citizen. And okay. if I'm not playing that, there are some titles I don't play on stream um, just because I don't know if my audience necessarily wants to uh, watch me play them or not. But uh, my partner, Nidal, and I, we play Risk of Rain, which is a really awesome, yeah. awesome um, multiplayer FPS kind of hero-driven title. I don't know if you guys have ever played it before, but it's amazing. So we I've play not it. played it, but I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. So we, like we yeah. play that. We also play um, Apex Legends sometimes. Uh, I've um, a few friends that I've played like uh, Call of Duty with online. Uh, there's a bunch of kind of like retro FPS titles that I like a lot. Like this one called Strafe. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a early Doom like game. Okay. So there's, okay. there's these other titles that I would love to play on stream but i'm worried about playing them on stream because you know you cultivate a a brand and an image on camera and as many other commanders out there we're questing for that purple check mark of validity on twitch yep and we know that there is barely enough space game fans out there to make that a reality yeah. So anytime yeah, I tough. go live, if I'm not playing the game that I know gets the most people to come hang out with me, I know that's hurting my bottom line of of numbers, you know? Mm-hmm. And numbers are not the most important thing, but they are important to gaining validity on the platform. Right. And right. My quest right now is to be as legitimate on that platform as possible. So who knows what the future can hold if we're ever so fortunate enough to uh, attain that partner status. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm also like, you know, this has been a, a passion project for me. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a lifetime musician. That's my actual craft. Yeah. I've been playing piano since I was five years old. You know, I've been touring professionally uh, as an artist since, you know, I, since like what 2005 i want to say 2004 maybe yeah and when i decided to do this twitch page it was like this was instead of joining another band because i very easily could have joined another band and started that whole process over yeah but for me i was like you know what i want to try something that utilizes the skill set of performing and entertaining, but also lets me dip my like toes into my love of gaming. Because other than music, gaming has always been really important to me. Uh, I grew up in the arcade game industry. My father was an arcade game distributor. So my earliest memories are going to arcades with him and collecting buckets of quarters and testing all the coin slots. That was my childhood. And that's kind of how I got into gaming. That's why I have a bunch of video game characters all over my arm, all my favorites from childhood, like Pac-Man and Mario and Sonic. Right. And then I got into music and music kind of became the career, but I was always playing games at the same time, you know, 
Right. Every tour I ever went on, I had a Game Boy with me, either an original Game Boy or a Game Boy Advance or a Game Boy SP. I, like in the back of every van, I would have two Game Boys linked. We'd be playing like Mario Kart in the back of the van. Right. Like, so gaming was like always there. Like we, we hooked up a power inverter and we had a, we had a, a PlayStation in one of my, one of the vans that we had a TV on the inside of the van and we would play like PlayStation and Sega Genesis. And like, we were always gaming while I was playing music in bands. And when I was not in a band anymore and I was in, you know, in New York where I live now, it was like, what if I tried to find a way to share my love of music and games at the same time and see if anybody cares about that? That was the original plan for the channel. Right. And then it's been a slow grow of like, oh, this works. Oh, that doesn't work. Oh, this works. Yeah. Ah, that, that doesn't work to where yeah. we're at now, which is, you know, Commander Enterprise plays elite dangerous and the drums when the ship is on like autopilot you know yep. and it's working yeah and, That's and it awesome. works it's working, yeah. and it's really fun and i look forward to you know growing and changing the channel even more but always from the forefront i know now that you know drums and space games are like the main vibe here mm. yeah that's cool. That's awesome. Okay, so it that is about the end of the old structured questions. The regular questions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But we uh, do have we do have a little lightning round that we like to throw in towards the end for fun. Ready. Which is answering as quickly as what comes to your head, the first answer that comes to your head, and uh, just putting it out there. So, Enterprise, if you are ready, we shall begin. What's your favorite ship? Type 10. What's your least favorite ship? The Adder. The best ship in the game? Anaconda. What's the worst ship in the game? Anaconda. What's the favorite station? Jameson Memorial. And your favorite system? The Ender System. True or false, there is a free anaconda at Hutton Orbital. False. Do you use engineered or vanilla modules? Engineered, baby. Alliance, Federation, Empire or Independent? 100% Independent. Who's your favourite power play leader? The guy with the dreadlocks. <laughs> okay. If you run out of gas, do you call the fuel rats or do you suicide? Uh, Self-destruct. If you have a low hull, do you call the hull seals? Do you keep going and hope for the best or do you suicide? I'm gonna (laughs) self-destruct. True or false? Is there a free fleet carrier at Beagle Point? Go and find out. I've never been there. Thargoids, friend, foe or undetermined? Undetermined. And finally, flight assist, on or off? Off, baby. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Cool, cool. Is there anything that we haven't covered today that you will you want to talk about? Um, let's see. Um see, we talked about talked about drums. Uh we talked about gaming. 
controls. I mean, not not really. Not unless you guys had like okay. any specific questions about like the the studio setup or design or like technical things. I guess I don't know how technical you guys get rarely, but. We don't. We don't really get that that technical. Oh, wow. It's, technical, it's yeah. more. It we what we prefer to cover is like your experience in game, and we've yeah, talked a right. lot about your experience yeah. in game yeah, right. as well. Absolutely. It's, yeah, and it's been really interesting to hear how those two kind of universes between you know your career as a musician and a performer kind of like prepared you in yeah, a way I think if for I what gonna, you do on Twitch. Yeah, if I was going to talk about anything else with you guys, it would be that because literally. My my like life as a touring artist has prepared me so well to perform on Twitch and work in this way because yeah. there's a lot of jobs on the road. Like when you're in the band, everyone's got jobs. Some of them are unsaid right. jobs, but they're jobs nonetheless. And right. one that I always gravitated to was running the merch booth. Right. The merch booth being the table or chair set up you have at the venue or at the outdoor festival where you have to actually sell your t-shirts and your CDs and your posters and all that stuff that by the way makes a huge amount of your revenue as a band especially as a nobody band which I have a lot of experience being a nobody band Um, (laughs) you probably make all your gas money off of those merch sales and a lot of times you need the most fearless, talkative member of your band to be that person. And that was always right. me. So I remember on Warp Tour back in 2010, like every afternoon, I'm at the merch booth. People are walking by and I'm like, hey, hey, you, you with the shorts. And everyone's wearing shorts. So everyone's like, uh. Right. And then it's like, whichever one of them, whichever one of them wanted to talk to a band member, they're going to come over. And they come yep. over and you're like, hey, dude, what, uh, what's up? Like, high five. Do you like punk rock? What kind of bands do you like? You know, and you just talk with them. And then, you know, you like let them listen to your band on like your phone or, your, or whatever. And you realize that these people are kids usually just excited to talk with someone who does this. Maybe. Yeah. And then maybe they'll be like, right, hey, I right. also play drums. Like, I want to. I want to play drums one day as well. And I was always good at being the face and the voice of like bands. Now, fast forward, it's the exact same thing on Twitch. Only thing is I can't see the people anymore, but it's the same. It's the same thing. Like, especially with elite dangerous because almost everyone I'm talking to plays the game or is currently playing the game right now. Right. So it's like, just like at a music festival, you already know that, they're here because they like music. It's the same thing on right. Twitch. Everyone I'm talking to already likes the game. They don't have to be yeah. sold on the game. Like they're just looking for maybe some more entertainment at the same time, or maybe they're getting tired of playing the game because we know that yep. Elite Dangerous can be a game that over time can get a bit stale or boring. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you need people to shake it up with some ideas and some events and some things, some spice, right? right? Yeah. So I think being the yeah. merch, the merch dude helped me get ready. And then also just 
the years of being on stage and performing like that that confidence that you get yeah like i don't if you watch closely on my streams you can probably see my confidence level like go up when i get behind the drums right i don't mm-hmm. know how i don't know how like palpable that actually is but i feel it like i know that when yeah. i'm on camera and i'm talking i'm pretty comfortable but then when i go over on the drums and i start playing i'm like okay this is home like this yeah. is what i've actually done for thousands upon thousands of hours since i was 12 years old yeah yeah it's you can definitely from a from a pure viewer perspective you can like you can tell there's a there's this minute change that happens in your face when you move over to the drum set so for for of course we're gonna we're gonna get to the plug your stuff and all the links so everybody knows how to get to you but you'll see it when when ender is playing the game he's having a good time he's enjoying chat and all that stuff and then the screen comes up and you get that and you know the drums are coming and when the camera comes back and ender's sitting at the drum set there's this like zen like euphoria of happiness that's on your yeah. face <laughs> it's it's it is palpable uh-huh. i mean you can tell it you can really see it and you can be like he just got into his ele- this is his element mm. like it's you, really you can feel well. it yeah yeah, the, the joy is infectious for sure. Awesome. Yep. That makes me makes me feel really good. I'm glad that that, uh, that comes across because that is my my you know my love. Like it's what I, it's what yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um. So if anybody wants to connect with you or get to know you better, where can they find you online? All right. Well, you could first of all head to my Twitch page, which is a uh, Twitch.tv slash Enterprise underscore. Because there's somebody else out there named Enterprise who doesn't do anything that I know about. But <laughs> I, I have. So, yeah, Enterprise and then a little underscore. Uh, you also can find me on Instagram. That one's just Enterprise at Enterprise. Same thing on Twitch. Uh, bleh, same thing on Twitter at Enterprise. Mm-hmm. So no okay. underscores needed. For the Twitter and the Instagram. And then, of course, there is a Discord that um, maybe one day Discord will think we're cool enough for uh, a full link. But until then, you got to just go yep. to the Twitch page and click on that Discord button and then join our other 500 something commanders who uh, probably like the game as much as you do. Wonderful. Oh. Well, thank you so much for being on. I very, very much appreciate you being here. That's been, it's been a lot of fun and a lot of fun to get to talk to you because I know our our timeframes don't really cross that often. So thank you for being awake at this time so that we can have a conversation. It's been awesome awesome. getting to know you a bit better. I've had a really, really great time with you dudes. Thank you for the opportunity. Holy cow! I would have expected absolutely nothing less. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. less. There was, you know, there was a lot in there that I was. We got a lot more stories, like anecdotal stories of stuff that's happened in game. Definitely, than we do for most people, and I, I kind of dig that. It was kind of cool. Yeah, 
yeah it's it's lovely um it's lovely how community focused um yeah, oh, yeah. it's so yeah. and you you it's a recurring theme isn't it along our yeah. um the streams how or, or um the podcast is how how much of an impact the community has and the community that ender has managed to build around himself is super unique uh, as yeah. well they're they're really um uh, really, really happy to get involved and um, yeah. get yeah. so many people like that. That recently, that thirty man conga line that he was posting right. as well is right. it's it's really awesome, and I completely appreciate his struggles with um, with the instancing. Yeah, yeah, yep. it, instancing it, it is. is always going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm really hoping they have something secret kind of tucked away for oh, Odyssey, yeah. where they're like, oh, and by the way you can instance with your whole squadron. Like that would yeah. just make my head explode. It would be so great. Definitely. Definitely. I can't, I yeah. can't wait to see what the rest of how, um, how frontier will bring that sense of community. And I feel like they're, I feel like they're on the right track, but I can't wait yeah. to see how that they bring that community into, um, the community aspect of playing as well. That'd be really yeah. awesome. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. So that's all for this week. You can browse episodes and check out more information about the podcast at our website, flightassistpodcast.com. And you can stay up to date by following us on Twitter at flightassist underscore ED. Remember, this podcast is all about commanders and communities, and that means you. We'd love to hear the questions you want us to ask our guests. And if you're an Elite Dangerous commander who wants to be a guest on the podcast, or if you'd like to nominate a commander to be our guest, we need to know that too. Send us your questions and information on Twitter by tagging flightassist underscore ED, by email to info at flightassistpodcast.com, via our Discord at discord.io forward slash flightassistpodcast, or by dropping us a line using the contact form on our website. Until next week, this is Commander Psykit and Commander Mal for the win, handing the controls back to you. Flight Assist off. <laughs> <laughs>